glad you could join us for episode 151 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our analysis of James Cameron's cyberpunk thriller Dark Angel, starring Jessica Alba, Michael Weatherly, and Ashley Scott. And at 151, we're going to do our celebratory shot of vodka, uh, rum. I almost said vodka. Yeah, and, and this is like the first night I forgot to bring a drink up into the studio, so. Ah, oh, dude. I know. I actually was going to go back downstairs and get one, but since we had four false starts here tonight, <laughs> <Right>. I thought <laughs> maybe leave now, alcohol out of the business tonight altogether. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably so, a good idea. All right. Well, tonight we're here to discuss season two, episode 19. She ain't heavy. But before we get to that, as always, Wayne and I want to remind you we'd love to hear from you via email at sci fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab record your own audio clips and the mp3 as an attachment or send us a tweet at sci-fi tv rewatch and as always we'd encourage you to consider joining the facebook group and join the discussions there all right sci-fi news this week hugo awards just announced its finalists for the 2016 prizes and if you don't know this is really considered i think by most people the most prestigious awards in the science fiction world and the ballot to select winners opens mid-may and winners will be announced on August 20th at the 74th World Science Fiction Convention, Worldcon, in Kansas City. So we're just going to take a look at two categories, Best Dramatic Presentation Long Form, Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form, which translates to movies and TV shows. All right, let's All do right. it. All right, so here's the movies. And strangely enough, I've actually seen three of them, and one of the two that I haven't seen you and well of course you're not going to be surprised because you know this but what all right <laughs> avengers age of ultron nice ex machina yeah good mad max fury road awesome the martian brilliant movie i just saw it the other weekend loved it star wars the force awakens oh hadn't seen that one all right so the ones i've seen avengers age of ultron ex machina and I've seen the first hour of Mad Max Fury Road, and that was about a week ago, so I think that should tell you everything you need to know about how I feel about that movie. What? Is that hey, the one you're supposed to say what at? Because that's crazy. No, man. no. The one that I haven't seen, Star Wars The Force Awakens. You haven't seen that yet? No, I know. Are you serious? Well, I'm not. I thought we talked about it. We did talk about it, but <laughs> just for me to say I still haven't seen you have it You've not yet. seen Star Wars yet? Nope. I know. OMG. All right, so OMFG. I know. All right, that aside, so I can't really say The Martian, The Force Awakens, but I do have to say, I mean, have I've Have you not I've seen read... The Martian either? No. Ah, dude, that movie is really, really good. Okay. You'll like but, it, guaranteed. Okay. That's like, that, that's a slam dunk. It's so All good. Right, but but, but we got to pick a winner here. Okay. Now, All right. Obviously, obviously, I can't vote for Star Wars, but I got to be honest, everything I've read says it's just a rehash of the 77 well, movie just is a harsh word i mean it definitely uses the same plot as the original uh, a new hope as they call it but uh it was, it was a really good movie now is it the best in that list no but an excellent movie all right you should be ashamed of yourself for not having seen it dave all right now mad max fury road yeah. I, I just see look the dialogue i could fit on this little four by three piece of paper i've got you in front of me you don't need dialogue with bad max movies have never been about dialogue well okay and they weren't nominated for an academy award mm, thunderdome wasn't i don't think that so. was a pretty good movie 
It was a good movie. It's certainly better than this. Uh, well, oh yeah, uh, I don't know. It's been right, a while well, since I've seen it, but you know. All right, but you, you, Star Wars better than Mad Max? Hmm. You know, okay. So here's the thing about Mad Max. Like, oh, here we go. I really like the Mad Max movies. I enjoy them as as Mad Max movies, right? Now, all of a sudden, Fury Road is like nominated for all these Oscars and everything. And I'm like, wow, like it's getting like mainstream acceptance here, you know? Like as a fan of Mad Max movies, I actually don't know how I feel about that. So I liked it, but I think it's as good as those other movies now. Okay. Honestly, I'm thinking maybe The Martian is my pick out of that group. Okay. Well, of the three that I've seen, I'd have to go with Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina was pretty good. I mean, I liked Age of Ultron, no question. Yeah. But best dramatic presentation, I'm going with Ex Machina. Now, granted, I haven't seen The Martian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely would go with The Martian over Ex Machina. Okay, and I can't imagine, though, that that Star Wars, from what I've read, and I've read a fair amount, it, it would sway me. All right, now, best dramatic presentation short form. Doctor Who, nice. Heaven Sent. Written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Rachel Tulele, uh, season nine, episode eleven, which was the penultimate episode of series. Oh, nine. it's the one where he's like by himself, right? Yep, oh, that was so good. Gr- Grim, headache, season four, episode twenty-one. Didn't see it. Jessica Jones, aka Smile, Winner. season finale, episode thirteen. Oh, it's fantastic. Supernatural, Ooh. just my imagination, season eleven. Episode eight. I can't remember which one that one, but it's good, I'm sure. But as much as, you know, we, we like those because, you know, we saw Doctor Who, we saw Jessica Jones, you saw Supernatural. I think this is the winner, no question. My Little Pony, <laughs> Friendship is Magic. <laughs> the Cutie Map, parts one and two. Are you serious? I kid you not. OMG, that's hilarious. Well, it must have been pretty good, though, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I like seriously, you know, like, like okay, they I know had to Google it. They, you, you know, they're they're taking a chance by nominating that one, so it must be legit. I guess you got it. You got to back the right horse here. Well, I, I'm going with there? Jessica Jones. I do. <laughs> I, I yeah, that was well done. <laughs> uh, I I got to go with Jessica Jones of the ones that I've seen. Yeah, which but really man, is just this, two. Like, this dark horse here, I'm not sure about. See, I did it again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Jessica Jones was awesome. It was really, really good. Uh, no, but though that Doctor Who episode was fantastic. It was so it, it, it good. was it was really good. There's no question. That's a, that's a tough one. I want to go see the My Little Pony now. We should do. Maybe we should uh, when we're done Dark Angel. We'll uh, we'll do one on the My Little Pony episode. Well, we'll at least have to track it down <laughs> and see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, yeah I, I think we can agree on that. Well, anyway, so uh, we'll, you know, we'll touch base with everybody when the results of this comes out in July. Uh, but July until I will even remember this conversation. Then we're gonna have to. I'll like, remind play you. It I'll remind right. you. So all right. How, well, anyway, like seriously, July. How long does it take them to make a decision? Like you got your nominees. Well, actually, it's going to take till August twentieth. I was what. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eddie, well, the voting just starts. Uh, these are the nominees. I think the voting starts the middle of May. Uh, I don't who know. Who votes for these things? I don't know. 
Anyway, I know, I, you know, but I feel like it must be a very democratic process if it's taking well, so long. Okay, well, I vote that we start talking about Dark Angel. Okay, that's probably, now that we're eight minutes in, that's probably a good idea. Uh, it's not bad. It's better than we used to be. True, true. All right, season two, episode 19, She Ain't Heavy, written by Robert Doherty and Michael Angeli. She Michael ain't heavy. She's my br- sister. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Director Alan Croker, and this one aired April 19th, 2002. Now, we were saying before we, we started recording that we want to make it a regular habit and actually post it in the blog post on the website about the letter grade that each of us assigns to this episode. And, and while we haven't always done it probably more often than not. So tonight I'm giving this one a B plus and you give it, I say a minus. Okay. B plus, obviously a strong grade, well above average, not quite an A. It sounds like you're trying to justify your grade here. Well, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. You don't feel very confident about it. I still enjoy Dark Angel, but I got to be honest, my enjoyment at this point has everything to do with the characters and the actors and almost nothing to do with the mythos, which has been somewhat focused, but definitely seems to have lost its edge a bit. I mean, I think they're headed in the right direction but obviously and we've said this almost each week now for a while there's just it's not going to go anywhere because it's going to be over yeah yep and it just seems like there've been so many in some cases convoluted elements that that <laughs> that's just, yeah that's a good way to put it that you know one placed on top of another and i i don't know so well my said, my big beef is what happened to Lydecker, right? Yeah. Like, he just dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. And I mean, look, we understand. He didn't get killed and we missed that, did he? Did he? Uh, not that I recall. Okay. And, and actors certainly come and go, but usually you have time to write them off. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, anyway, you know, in this episode, She's Not Heavy, White's noose tightens around Logan's neck. We have the discovery of 523, who turns out to be a clone of Max, and obviously that's the the main impetus in the storyline for this episode. And, you know, it's funny because I'm sitting there thinking that I'm not sure how I feel about this clone story. You know, it's a little bit too orphan black. And then well, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. That was like 12 years <laughs> yeah, before orphan yeah, black. Yeah. Maybe a little vice versa there for you, but yeah. But it is a nice callback to the Alec Ben plot. Sure. But what I forgot was Alec and Ben were identical. Right. Neither possessed junk DNA like four, four, five, three, which I guess we don't really know why. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, Max makes a comment that, you know, we were hatched in the same test tube, but I didn't think she was being literal there. You know, like for instance, in, in orphan black, Helena and Sarah were actually twins, right? They were born to the yes, same mother. Right, correct. So that, that 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 explains why those are the only two that have been able to conceive children. So we don't really get an answer in this episode as to why, and maybe we never will, but there, there certainly was a lot to like, you know? It, it's just that it's it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. You know, we're drifting in and out of the breeding cult story. I mean, what did we get on that tonight? White going up to the whiteboard at Logan's 
and seeing his little, uh, you know, uh, diagram there and just wiping it off with his hand. Yeah, that was, that was dramatic. We we do get to see the government though. Yes, holding right. congressional hearings, which then, was kind of cool. Right, and then we see the government is the conclave too. Well, so you came to that conclusion. See, I wasn't sure. Well, yeah, that was the that was the senator at the end there. Okay. So not because, that the whole government is run, but but obviously the conclave has infiltrated the you know. That was the Senate, right? It was the Senate that was holding that hearing. Yeah, I'm not sure Senate, Congress, but, but either, con- either yeah. way, American government. Yes. Legislation. And it just seems that, and I understand storylines take time to develop, but I start thinking, it's like, you know, maybe if Max left Seattle, ended up in a different part of town, you know, we really could we could take the story in another direction. It's not as if she doesn't have skills. It's got to be something she could do other than ride a bicycle, but- my biggest problem with this episode, though, why is White suddenly able to track down eyes only so quickly? I mean, has no one ever thought to use triangulation before? Yeah. Um, well, there's yeah, there, there's something new that they tried, but yeah, it, it kind of is one of those really like if we we're still doing the really, really that that would probably be up there, yeah. like you know, after all this time of no one being able to catch him at all, like all of a sudden they like do it in like two days, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the other question that, you know, comes up is because one of the things that comes out in this episode is is you've got the family breaks up and they all want to go in separate directions. And then, of course, at the end, they realize that home is where the heart is. And and Yeah, I think that's why I I gave it a good grade because I'm kind of a sap for those kinds of stories and, you know. Well, see, I like that. And, and, you know, Max makes that comment at the end and, you know, we'll get to it in a while, but that she, she wants to stay put. And I'm thinking that doesn't make any sense. What makes sense is for you to leave. Now, granted, you all agree that you want to stay together, then leave together. I mean, what's holding Logan here now? Yeah. The siren call of Canada awaits. Well, wherever, I mean, you know, it's gotta be Canada. That's where everyone goes again. Right, because oh, well, that's point. where four, five, three is going. I'm just like, man, like Canada is just like that's like the the promised land here. Yeah. Well, no, no, I agree, but at, that's fine. Go somewhere. Go together. Right. Joshua realizes that he, fine, he can make it on his own, but he realizes that's not what he really wants. So, all right. Well, we'll see. Well, we've got everybody on the run: Max, four, five, three, Joshua, Logan. We got the government task force conducting the investigation into transgenics. Great scene at Jampony. And they've really done well, I think, with Jampony. And obviously I was critical of it. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm quite surprised to hear you say that, Dave. But but just normal, and we talked about this last week, you know, normal and this ultra conservative approach and, and yeah, this, dude, he pulls a the, gun. And it's like, whoa. Easy there, normal. Exactly. And then Max immediately disarms him, throws him against the wall. But but it just serves to reinforce this hysteria that's taking over the city. And, and, and certainly people like normal are not the exception. I don't know no, that they're necessarily well, the rule. but Well, you, there's a, the girl in Jampony in the locker goes by. She's got the, the shirt. The Joshua shirt on, right? Absolutely. So we can see that, like, this is a city kind of gripped in fear. 
Yeah. And of course, we know in large part that's due to white and you know what the government's trying to do as well. But that said, people still have to buy into that, right? It's what's in your heart, you know, and, and clearly people are scared to death. So we find out also that Max has let Logan know she's seeing someone. And, and again, that was a great scene when Cindy says, well, are you? You know who? And then, of course, Alec walks by. You see that little glance. No. Does he know? No. And he better not find out. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. that's fine. And and so I mean, I guess we can kind of put the you know, the the Alec and Max shipping to rest, I think. Yeah. Well, but, you know, it's funny because I guess I thought some of the listeners were, were sort of leading us down the path that it, that it was going to happen. Right. And it's only got two episodes left, so if it's if it's going to happen 20 or 21. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I'm it, pretty but, sure it's not, but I I'm sure it has happened in um graphic ways in the uh realm of fan fiction though yeah so or happened off camera and max is in denial yeah oh no i'm just kidding yeah all right but we do see max on the space needle for i think the first time outside of the end of a episode i could be wrong on that but yep and of course voiceover yeah, and she's opining whether things would be different had she gone somewhere else. And what what was great is that we are in this familiar place on the space, you know, and I know you don't like it. I <laughs> happen to like it. And then all of a sudden we're thrown into this idyllic scene with Max, husband and son, and we're wondering immediately, well, is this a dream? Well, yeah, or I thought, yeah, maybe like an alternate reality, like they're going all meta on this. Um, and I was just like, oh, is this going to be an alternate reality show? I love those, man. That's, that's Oh, yeah, great. absolutely. Or, yeah. or or is this a future? Right, right. You know, the kid got a good report card. Sure. Par- parents are discussing whether or not to go skiing. And, you know, the one thing that also struck me is, is that, and I didn't notice this until the rewatch, but their apartment or wherever it is they live, it, it's clearly, you know, not a luxury apartment, right. but- it, it, it's clearly something that they've taken time to clean it up, throw a couple coats of paint on it and make it look nice. And that's been one of my problems with the show. It's, it's the fact the that untidiness these people, of it. well, that they're, they're content to live in virtual squalor when just clean up the damn trash. Right. But gotcha. Anyway, the idyllic scene is not long doors burst open white and his men charge in and they think it's max. And then suddenly she tells him "Nah, I'm four, five, three. She's a damn clone. Yeah. And there, there goes my, my alternate reality. Just no, went, wah, I, I know. Right. Right. And, and it's not a dream and, right. and it's not the future, but it is an interesting storyline. Interesting storyline. Yes. And it is a callback to, you know, Ben and, and Alex. So we certainly know that that exists. And we even find out later in the episode, she sort of implies that each of the 12 had a clone, right? Because she, she says, 453, that is, that, you know, you don't know what it was like after you left. They took us all to PSYOPs. They figured since we were, you know, psychologically the same, that we would be prone to escaping as well. Yes. So, 
again, I, I don't know how many duplicates are out there. No. But oh, just like I said, Manticore and Weed do not go well together. <laughs> no, they don't. All right. So uh, Joshua's painting the windows black. And it was a pretty heavy scene because it's clear he doesn't want to hear anything Max has to say. And she doesn't really realize, I think, how upset he is over what happened with Annie, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's difficult to not realize how much he's grieving, right? Well, I think so. But now, granted, maybe she's just playing that role where, okay, hey, I brought you some groceries. You're just trying to. Yeah, it's trying to cheer him up, right? try and cheer him up without actually addressing what it is that's really wrong. And then he gets mad at her. And, and on the one hand, I thought good for you. And it was still sad that, that he has reached that point that, you know, I think the person that loves him most is the one he lashes out again against, but of course that's what we all do. Yeah. I say that happens often, right? Yeah. I mean, I never Uh, do that, but you know, I've heard of other people doing it. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, she tells him she's going to start cleaning up his, his house. Actually, she says, I'm going to clean up your home. And he says, it's not my home anymore. And he says, wow, it's just, I mean, it's just, it just it's like a knife in the gut. Yeah. He just, well, I mean, it, it's where you, you, know, you lose someone and then everything you see, I, I quote Burt Backrack and saying, there's always something there to remind me, you know? Yeah. That yeah, everywhere yeah. he turns, everywhere he looks, just like that song, you know, is like no matter where he looks, like he just sees something that reminds him of Annie. And he's just like, I need to just get out. I need to leave, go somewhere else entirely where everywhere I turn around, I don't see something that reminds me of her and brings back that pain. Yeah. And you, you certainly understand it. And, and you know, it got me to thinking that uh, on this episode, and we certainly used to do this a lot with Lost Girl, kind of go character by character rather than, you know, chronologically with, with the plot. And, and I mean, it, it for me, it immediately hits, I mean, certainly his sadness hits home, but for Max, who's basically reached rock bottom or, or certainly is approaching rock bottom, Joshua leaves her. Her relationship with Logan is over. Jamponi's in a frenzy, and obviously, even Sketch is suspicious of Max. Yeah. She decides she wants to leave Seattle, and then we've got you know we have that scene later on with Cindy that you you are my sister, you are my family. She tells Max, and yeah, at which point I thought Cindy was a goner. Well, I, it's funny I didn't think that, but. I'm wondering what kind of effect that was ha- would have on Max because if Max leaves, I can't see Cindy going with her. I mean, I think certainly Cindy would be welcome to go. And on the one hand, it's not as if Cindy has this life built in Seattle. Sure. I mean, we don't really see her outside of the little circle. But they do with, have that. Max. I think that's when when you kind of get down to it, it's that they do have, I mean, the circle is what they have, right? Sure. So, yeah. I mean, you know, now Max tells Cindy, you know, said she's going to go away, decides against calling Logan to tell him. And obviously Cindy's not real pleased with that decision. You know, don't, don't you think he deserves a call? And then we've got that scene. Max rides away just as four, five, three rides up. 
and then follows Max. And we've yeah. got the scene where they both ride by Logan, who's sitting in his car. And ah, everywhere I go, I see you. And of course, now he's confused. I'm not sure how he could tell that second bike was Max. Well, because it's television. Oh, uh, okay. That's, <laughs> because, of course, the clone rides the exact same bike that Max rides, too. Right? Exactly. Well, I guess they, that was the whole point, right? Because she was trying to pose as Max. Sure, sure. Now, um, you know, w- with Alec, again, it's another one of these episodes. He's he's watching out for Max. And, you know, it, it's you mentioned the relationship or lack thereof. And he's not a player in in these last few episodes. You no, know, I mean, we, yeah, we, no. we've seen him in the past, obviously. And it's it, again, it is as the, the big brother watching out for his sister. And he does it without expectation of anything in return and you know when we get to the end of the episode you know and and everything's calmed down he gives max keys to an suv so that 453 and her family can get away that and that line anything for a friend or or a clone of a friend <laughs> which i thought was just was classic good. yes yeah there were some really good lines in, in this episode mm-hmm. for sure and, and again like i said i mean I love the characters. I love the actors. There, there's just not one person in this show that I don't like. I mean, even White, you know, the character that he is, right. he he does it really well. He's, I yeah, mean, he's he, a great, great villain, you know. He is a great villain. And, and you know, uh, as you said, the, the shame is that Lydecker's not there because I think had Lydecker still been around, I think we'd start seeing this Lydecker versus White conflict yeah, happening. Yeah, which would be really, really cool, right? Oh, I think so. And and we, we got inklings of, of that Lydecker teaming up with Max. Yeah, and you can only Yeah, I I, I just tend to think that like maybe that they saw that we were gonna get another season at least of this and so, you know, that maybe they were leaving some some plot devices for you know the next season or something, you know. Because yeah. and maybe the uh what what's the guy's name? Something savage, right? Like the guy who plays Lydecker. I don't know. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he right. just got a gig, you know, like I really haven't seen him in anything since then, but you know, maybe he just got like another job. It's just like, all right, I got, got this other gig going. See you, dark angel. You know, and that's well, kind of how it goes, right? No, well, it, it does seem to, to be that way. Now, you know, you mentioned white and certainly he's been subpoenaed to this, you know, congressional Senate, whatever committee. And not surprisingly, he's told to deny transgenic existence and and take the fifth amendment right. eyes only finally gets traced by white guy whites guys and and you know mentioned that as one of my problematic elements of this episode but even more than that okay nope, more than that they get to logan's and they shoot the damn place up I yeah mean, right I, right I, wouldn't it have been a good idea to actually look through, look around a little bit, right? Take the computers back to wherever, <laughs> right. you know, your HQ is, yeah. check the hard drives, see if anything can be recovered. I, I mean, I, I, it just was mind-blowing to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a really, really, because you're just like, they're just going to go in and shoot the crap out of this place. Like, seriously? Yeah, and... <laughs> And it wasn't even that great of an action sequence. No, it sucked. So, so you know, they're just like so you're shooting everything. It's like, what, why? Why are you doing? If nothing else, like, are, are there not neighbors around who might like be upset? You might hit 
some of the bullet could go through a wall, hit someone. Like, why are you shooting up this room? Yeah. Except for the fact that, okay, granted, if I had a machine gun and a room that I didn't give a crap about, just shoot the crap out of everything in the room, okay, that might be kind of a cool thing to do. But it's just so, it just makes no sense. You're right. No, no, of course, because, I mean, you know, this is eyes only. They realize they've tracked him down, and uh, we don't necessarily know that that White knows about the connection between eyes only and Max, but that shouldn't even matter. Right. So uh, uh, we've got the scene with 453 riding next to Max, shoots out her tires, and then calls White to let him know she has Max because we, we find out that White has made a deal with her. I've got your husband. I've got your kid. You bring Max to me, and I'll get them back to you. And, you know, any questions that we have about 453's training in the field are, are quickly eliminated. And I thought that was a pretty cool way to explain things is that she was on a deep cover op when Mandacore went down and she just decided to stay with the family. And whether or not she had already fallen in love with him or fell in love with him afterwards, I guess it really doesn't matter. But but clearly she loved both the man and his son, not her son, but, but right. you know, now I guess she stepson. Can, she's a clone, right? Right. She's right. Um, now, we don't, I don't think we ever know whether Max is able to conceive, do we? Um, wasn't that what the whole thing with her and Alex? Alec, sorry. Well, that they were, they were mating them. Yeah. Okay. But so you're saying that the clones were not able to. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting mixed up with. Well, it, regar- <laughs> regardless, we you, you know it, it, you, you'd think she's been with him for I think she says ten years, right? Um, or it's been ten years since the breakout. Uh, that, right. So wait, we're assuming. On. No, wait. Yeah, right, since right, the breakout right. at Manticore. Yes. Now, now, or I'm sorry, when they were kids, it, it's since you know the 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 fall of Manticore. I guess hasn't been all that long, but. Um. So I guess there would be cause for her to not get pregnant with the with the guy before. But either way, he reminds us, and, and I'd forgotten about this, is that Max took his son and supposedly sent him away for safekeeping. I forget, right. what, was it with the kid's aunt or somebody uh, like that? Because I think the mother's dead. No, yeah, the mother, they, they, yeah, the mother was killed. But tell the conclave he's got Max, but... It doesn't seem as if that's his prime motivation. His prime motivation is getting his son back. And and we only hear, you know, about that briefly. So whether that's going to be something that gets addressed in the last two episodes, I'm guessing we might hear about it, whether we see much about it, you know, I don't know. But you love that scene when uh right, four five threes, you know, she's got Max, she's got her handcuffed, and then Logan stumbles in and and I guess it's I guess what I assumed He's deliberately making some noise so that 452 comes over and then he sneaks behind. And and then, of course, we had to have the scene, well, how do I know it's really you, Max? And then the other one comes over, you know, Logan, don't untie her. Yeah, wait, how did she know? Well, I don't think he really Oh, but he did. got knocked out, right? Yeah, he got knocked out. Right. So, uh, you know, I don't think he really for sure knew, although, um, you know, it probably wouldn't have taken long for Max to, uh, you know, she could just, well, I thought this is a perfect time for say, don't come near me. Well, right? good like, point. 
There right, you go. Because, okay, that's right. Max. There you go. Exactly. Because I was going to say, I will proceed to get my ass kicked by this <laughs> this other. Ex- and and that was a pretty good fight scene. I, I, I will say that. And and but what was also uh, you know a, a good fight scene is when White's men all get there, and, and you know there's three of them, and they've got the guns, and they think they're in a good position, and then suddenly Joshua and all of the transgenics, there must have been about 30 of them, trained on him yeah. and, and the two flunkies, and, and, you know. So here's another really, really, right, is that are they, you're really going to do, like, a spy swap? That's how this is going to go down? Like, Well, see, I guess I wasn't, I, I wasn't as, as upset about that. I, I, you know, what option did anybody have? You could put a bullet in one. Yeah, but, yeah, but we don't know where uh, four, five, three's husband and child are. They'll figure it out. Well, okay, but yeah, <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. Well, look, it goes, but but, but you, you know, he's going to pull a burn, right? Basically, like like if you're leaving open the option of him, like you could. I don't know, put them, fill them full of some kind of drug that knocks them out, dump them in an alley and say, go find them there. I don't know. This is the whole, you know, like every Cold War spy movie involved like the, the swap where, you know, like they stand at opposite ends and they release the prisoners and they pass by each other and everything, you know, like. Yeah, I kind of liked it, but but I, I see your point. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know. Now, nice touch with 453 being a smoker. Right. Well, I quit up until yesterday. (laughs) Uh, But the other thing that came out was, you know, this this really anger, I guess, almost a residual anger towards Max that you ruined it for the rest of us when you escaped. And you know, we've we've heard that you know alluded to before, Mm -hmm. but again, it takes Alec to point out that. You know, you know, this is the girl that brought Manticore down. Do you think you would have been left alone to right. fall in love with this man yeah. and his son? Come on. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. And I, and I think she even kind of halfway acknowledges it. But uh, sure, let's stop bitching is basically it. You know, like, okay, it sucked for you. And like, as Max said, it wasn't like club med out here you know it's like it kind of sucked for me too right and then in fact you know another of the classic lines max says to her you know i thought i was a bitch but you take the prize right so and she's well she is she is right there's something likable about four five three there is i think so you know i didn't think there was anything likable about her at all except that she looked like max well you know what i i guess i felt is that this could be max in that why with your level of intelligence because obviously she's brilliant and you know i think i think when we go back to her studying all the genetic textbooks and really certainly displaying that she had a a reasonable command of complex information we certainly know her physical skills obviously her appearance so, I mean, what couldn't she do? So why, and I get it, you know, again, it, it goes back to the whole idea of, of blending in, staying out of the limelight, but yeah, four, five, three managed to do it. Yeah. Well, true, but she got, so, yeah, 
Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I was trying to think of any way to argue with that, but yeah. I can't. Yeah, good we did. Point. We, well said. We, we did get to see Brian Markinson a little bit. That's Markinson. Yes, I always. Whenever I see him, like in my notes, I put Markinson and yeah, yeah and, all capital letters with like three exclamation points. And, and one of the things that came out in that scene, and and also the scene with four, five, three, and Logan is that. And, and again, we, this should come as no surprise because, as you mentioned, I mean, she's essentially a spy. She picks up on the situation on the fly and makes adjustments. She pretty much figures out, it it seems that, okay, I must've had a relationship with this Logan guy, but we're not together anymore. He's kind of upset about it. She, she puts it together because when she goes in to see Dr. What's his name again? Markinson, uh, Sam Carr, Carr, Dr. Carr. And and he says, oh, well, Logan was just here. And so she's like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to know this guy, Logan. And then later on, he says, you know, I, I said, hi to you. You just blew by me. She's like, oh, Logan. Right. So, but I mean, that's like really good memory. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like thrown out there for her. Yeah. Now, you know, we mentioned Joshua a little bit and, and you know, that whole thematic idea that he doesn't want to hide anymore. But he doesn't want to be alone anymore. And, well, he and, wants to hide, but he doesn't want to hide. Like he wants to, he wants to separate himself from society. Well, but it's that lack of human contact, as he says, he doesn't want to be alone, and, and it seems to be a dichotomy that that he's setting up. Uh, he wants to be with people like me. You know that whole idea he can take care of himself, packs his bag, kisses Max on the head, <laughs> good, goodbye, little fella, and and again, or Mac, you know, yeah. That'd, that'd be good. He wouldn't have to lean down so much because Mac's big. Right. Now, he's going to go to Terminal City, hook up with others of his kind, and we're reminded that Terminal City is, is certainly a place where there there's still, I guess, residual radiation there, but it doesn't apparently yeah, impact. If a, if, a, if a place has the word terminal in it, that's probably not a place you really want to live. No. I'm just thinking, you know? Yeah. But the other interesting thing that we find out right away is that in this terminal city, which which is home to the transgenics, even within the transgenic community, they've separated. Right. I know that. That well, I I don't want to say that's surprising, but I guess it was a little surprising. It was a little surprising until you stop and think about it. Oh, you're right. Yeah, of, of course. You get because they were separated Manticore too, right? Right. Right. So it's only natural that that would happen. But like you see, you know, and, and, and so many people out there have, have brought up how the transgenics, you know, represent like, you know, xenophobia, racism and everything in society. Well, and you see even within that subgroup, there's division and xenophobia, racism as well, you know? Right. Stay with your own kind, X's with X's freaks with freaks yeah that was a harsh line man yeah and joshua figures okay i'm with this group and then they ask joshua if he has any special talents and we of course understand that he means to you know help the greater good well yeah i'm a painter well okay place could use some sprucing up uh no i paint pictures (laughs) and just how naive he is about that as a skill yeah, that's right. not- well, it reminds me of the. Uh, did you ever see the original movie, The Producers? A long time ago, and the guy goes Kenneth Mars. He plays like the the old Nazi and everything. He's like Hitler. He was a great painter. 
He could paint an entire flight in one day. Two coats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. That, so it's just, I'm just saying, because that, that reminded me of that joke when, when they said that in the show. All right. Now, they, uh, fur, they further ask him if he had any weapons training at Manticore. And, and we know when they ask him that, he's in trouble. And at that point, Alec comes looking for Joshua, and, and that was a, a, a great scene as well. You know, he says, I'm looking for a friend. And of course, you know, they're telling him, you know, go with your own kind. You're an, you know, you're an ex and all of that. But I think later in that scene in the alley, you know, when, when, when all of the uh, transgenics have whiteness, two guys surrounded, I think we see Joshua with a gun. Yeah, they give him like a shotgun. Right. right. Now, I mean, he doesn't look real aggressive with it. But he is there, you know, obviously to to help Max. Yeah. So well, and you see, I mean, like Alec has kind of crossed the line here in a way, but in like in a good way, as in reached out to the other group. And that's kind of like the thing I like about Alec, because he goes in there and he's just like he's he's just kind of like not aware that he's not welcome there. Well, I mean he 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 understands it. Eventually, but I think when he first gets there, he thinks it's okay for him just to waltz on in there. And right, and, think and it's a problem, and, and it, almost with an air of superiority that that he's Ooh, somehow yeah. okay. better than they are, and you know, not like you said though, and I agree that that he didn't expect any resistance really. So we don't really know what it was like back at Manticore. I mean, did X's boss these kinds of transgenics around? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you're right. We don't really know. But like you said, he didn't really expect to you know, be met with the kind of resistance he was met with. Sure. Now, the other thing I forgot about is that that scene where Logan goes to see the doctor. And we find out that he had another round of transgenic blood transfused. And he seems to be experiencing some improvement in his leg motions. And, and movement now apparently that's happened before but yep. hence why you can walk around without the sassy pants yeah all oh, right i forgot about that right so. <laughs> all right well we you know you know we kind of get towards the end and, and we're, we're kind of full circle from all the characters wanting to run though the reality is that they really do need to run you know well yeah but it'd be tough to do a tv show with them all on the run, right? Well, I understand that, but White knows about Cindy now, right? Well, yeah, yeah. But I think the whole thing is they're they're like because Max's whole deal has been running. We go back to her, you know, kind of debate with with Zach in the first place. And I think she's at a point where like, well, I'm going to dig in. I'm going to stand the fight. Yeah, see- you know, which might not be a great strategy, but that's like. She's like, here. this is my home. This is my family. I'm going to stand up for them. I'm going to dig in and, and uh, protect them and stand up to the baddies right here and not run away. Yeah, I, mean, you're, you're, I think you're right. But I guess what I want to see happen is those who run away live to fight another day or whatever the sure. saying is. But, right, right. But, but since they could all go together because there's nothing holding Logan there now. There's nothing holding her. And now look, four, five, three looked at the file and learned about Cindy. So whether or not that information got transferred to White, we don't know. But it would just seem to me staying at Jam Pony is a huge risk. Yeah, because they kind of totally know that that's where she works, right? Right. 
Um, Which would be a shame if, like, the jam pony element. Well, I mean, there's only two more episodes, so it's a yeah. big deal. But yeah, it would it would suck to like not see jam pony anymore. Right, because I couldn't see Max deciding to leave, and and of course Logan would go with her. Would Alex stay behind? Would Cindy stay behind? I, I Joshua would certainly go with Max and Logan. I think. But you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to to watching the next one this weekend. And you know what? I almost watched the next one before we did this podcast. Oh yeah, but I held off. So um, maybe it's better than the B plus, then, Dave. Well, no, still B plus. <laughs> uh, there's too many things. The the main yeah. one, you know, the shooting up of Logan's apartment. No, that keeps it out of the A rate. It just makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> just because of that one thing. Well, that was, you're right. That was pretty gross. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so we, we see another scene, you know, Max tells Joshua, you know, I guess you can take care of yourself. And then he plants that kiss on her forehead. And that was just beautiful. I love that scene. Yeah. But that was nice. the other thing that surprised me a little bit though, is as four, five, three is packing up her family to go to Canada Max gives her the keys to the SUV that, that Alec procured. And she's not appreciative at all. I told you she's not likable. Dave. Well, I, I, there are elements of her that I like. I, no, I there's not, Dave. You're fooling yourself. Okay. Well, you, maybe you're, I you're, you're, you've been all besized. Well, I, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Can we copyright that? Yeah, I don't know. Let's let's get on that right yeah, now. She'll probably get, let's get our lawyers on. She'll it. probably sue us. I think she's got more lawyers than we do. Yeah, but you're right because I don't have any. So yeah, me either. <laughs> so uh, Max tells Logan she's staying, got family business, and you're going to need a good cat burglar to get eyes only up and running again. And it's like I don't know if he smiles, but if he wasn't smiling on the outside, we know he was smiling on the inside. Right, but. We get to the closing scene, and I wasn't. Re- it, it's a voiceover. Well, no, yeah, but I mean, even before that, I mean, with with White being questioned oh, at yeah, the hearing, yeah, yeah. right? And I certainly wasn't expecting him to do what he did, which is he starts talking, and the next thing you know, he reveals the entire truth. I know he did like the exact opposite. Yeah, of what he was specifically told to do. Now, does he overstate the danger that transgenics pose to the population? Uh, of course, maybe, maybe not, but. Then he's told and, and spoken like a true Republican, Dave. Well, <laughs> White's told that the conclave will be in touch, but it certainly appears his government career is over, but his ascendance to a more powerful position may not be over. Well, I mean, he clearly knew what he was doing. Like, you know, he understood that by doing this, I'm completely burning the government gig. But obviously, the conclave has people in powerful places. So, you know. So then we're back at Jamponi. Everybody's watching the monitors of the hearing. Everybody's transfixed. You know, obviously we see normal again. And then just classic Max. Bip, 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 people. These packages aren't going to deliver themselves. <laughs> and it's like yeah. normal looks around and he, it, what can he say? Yeah. You heard the girl. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. All right. Well, that was, all, you know, I told you how like in, um, this, the season three of Hemlock Grove, like, you know, like there's this character and, you know, cause the guy who plays normal is in it, but he's not the one who says it. It's another character. He keeps going, bip, 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 you know, like is, you know, like he's t- trying to indicate to another character, like 
time is of the essence. He keeps saying, bip, bip, bip. And it's like, that is awesome, man. That's nice callback. Scary. Speaking of callbacks, did you see this week's castle? Uh, no. Oh. I haven't seen last week's castle oh, yet. So. Got another Firefly right. alum in this one. Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah. You said Jewel State, right? Yeah. She's not Sweet. in it enough, but. Yeah, of course she's not. But she's still in it and no Firefly references, but eh, that's okay. All right. <laughs> and then finally. Oh, it's great to see her, though. It was great to see her. She looks great. Your favorite part, we get the voiceover. No, it's... All right, okay, you're being sarcastic. <laughs> Space Needle. <laughs> of course, running away is the answer. I know it's home, but I'm still going to tell you, home is where the heart is. Pack your bags, get your friends, get the hell out of Seattle. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to... Well, I mean, like, it's not going to happen them leaving. They're definitely going to stay. I mean. You know, like, yeah. I mean, all their sets and everything look like Seattle. So, like, you know, where are they going to go? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're 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 right, absolutely. If you look at like a rational, logical kind of standpoint, that well, she should probably uh, get out of Dodge or get out of Seattle. As far as like the logistics of making a TV show, you're like, um, no, this is like this is where our location is. This is where we shoot. Like, we can't afford to like go off offset so you know seattle is where everyone's staying yeah i get that so uh so we'll see well we were jumping all around so i don't know if there's anything else uh you want to throw in there that we that we missed i mean there was a lot of good stuff uh, i just want to reassert how completely unlikable four or five three was um all together and so for me this brings up like kind of an interesting philosophical conundrum right and you see this a lot where the bad guy threatens someone that a character loves and said, tell me what, you know, this important piece of information I need so I, my evil plan can go forth or I'm going to kill your family member or the, your loved one or your friend or something like that. And, you know, obviously, like, kind of like what makes us human is when we, you know, give up that information, right? When the characters give, because it's like, you know, the heart feels more like, obviously, if you look at it from a cold analytical standpoint, you'd be like, well, you're going to kill one person, but what the information I give you might kill many people. So no, as much as it hurts me to see you, you know, hurt or kill my friend, my loved one, whatever, that is the, the less sacrifice than what, if I told you what I know, you know, what, what will happen with that? So but you- we Time and time again, we see people making that choice. So you're talking about four, five, three. Right. So she takes the choice of, to save my family, I'm going to offer up all these other people, right? Because I don't know them, so it's okay for them to be harmed or to be killed as long as my family's safe. So I'd be a hypocrite saying, like, to judge her for that. I'm just saying, like, that's like kind of this philosophical conundrum. We see a lot, especially in television, right? And movies and things like that, but I think it, while it is over dramatized, it does reveal a certain human truth about us, right? That those connections, those personal connections between us, are like the most important things to us, and, and we would be willing to give up the world in order to save those people we have those personal connections with. So you're saying you like four, five, three? No, not at all. <laughs> but not for that reason, though. Although in her mind, is she just giving up Max? True. Yeah, but I mean you have to look at this figure. This is like this this group is evil. Like if you give up Max, like how much 
how many other how many more people are going to go down because of that too you know well that's true and, and and again we don't really know how much she knows about white i mean obviously she figures I don't out think she yeah she didn't know much at all it doesn't seem right i mean he it wasn't like he was lydecker and had a, a direct connection to manticore sure. right so again i mean this is what she does, so she certainly should be aware that even though Max is her target, there is going to be collateral damage, which I, I think is what you're addressing. Yes. So, so that's that's the one thing. The okay. second thing is just like, and what I said, what I really liked about this episode is this idea of family, and how family is not necessarily well. Here, it literally is not the person you are very closely related to, because four, five, two, and four, five, three are for all intents and purposes, sisters, twins, right? Um, they were almost like almost the exact same person, but yet it's Cindy who says, you, Max Guevara, are my sister. You are my family. And that, I really like that scene. That was nice because you see what, you know, like she has this person who she is genetically very closely related to, but her real family is Cindy. It's Alec. It's Logan, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the interesting thing, and I already met, had the Orphan Black reference, and, and obviously Orphan Black came much after Dark Angel, but it's something. It's a similar thing we're, we're, we're looking at in Orphan Black now as Felix is trying to track down his biological right. family. La, 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 la. Well, you know, it's been on for what, two weeks? What's I, the- don't, I don't get BBC America anymore, man. <sighs> okay, all right. I might have to so, pony up. Right, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Go ahead and spoil it. All right, I'll, I'll record you a VHS tape. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, anything else? All right. Hold on. Let me go back to the notes. Okay. See if there's anything in there. Oh, uh, Alex says the term "tripping" one time. Yeah, I like that. I miss the '90s sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, he also says, "Don't believe the hype," which is from Public Enemy song. And Chuck D, remember, does would like co-wrote the theme song. So I think that they uh they did that on purpose. Nice. You know. Um I think that's about it. All right. Well, again, don't don't get me wrong. I, I like the episode a lot. That was a huge problem for me. I don't I don't want to reiterate. You just it can't get by the shooting up the room scene. Man. No, I really can't. Just be, <laughs> because it really was a big plot hole because of how important eyes only really is. Sure. Yeah. To, I yeah. absolutely agree. So, all right. Well, anyway, want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. Love to hear from you about dark angel or anything else you think we should be watching. I'd like to encourage you to join the Facebook group. And if you're already a member, spread the word emails to sci-fi TV, rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via speak pipe, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week when we look at Dark Angel in Season 2, Episode 20, titled Love Among the Runes. So, you know, Dave, it's just the other day at lunch, you know, I mean, we really were getting into it about Game of Thrones, right, and everything. And I just, you know, like, but like it really calmed things down when someone said, you guys want to throw down, go ahead. But a whole lot of people are going to get hurt. <laughs>